Greetings, fair ghouls and friendly ghosts. Welcome to Give Me Goosebumps. Hosted by your fellow specters as they rediscover and relive the terrors of childhood. But, listeners beware. Actually, (laughs) you know the drill. Hi, I'm May. I'm the 90s snack that you miss and you'll never be able to buy again. And I'm Nova, the mystery slippery flavor you can't place but crave nonetheless. This week on Give Me Goosebumps, we're going to be talking about something special from Nova's childhood that I never saw until now. The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episodes. Uh, Yes, I'm super excited to revisit um, something else that's near and dear to my heart. For numerous reasons, Uh, not only just because I like the cartoons, but I also have some gaming experience about this one, (laughs) which is very exciting uh, for me, because normally that's May's expertise, but this time I've played the video game. (laughs) So there are absolutely an episode for just about every season that's been out there. So there are 31 episodes. You could watch one every day of October. We didn't do that. We didn't do that. Nova chose a nice little selection for us. Yeah, I got a little sampler to kind of give my friend a flavor for it and also um, spare them of some of the more modern Treehouse of Horrors, which we can get into after we just, you know, talk about what we actually watched. Mm -hmm. We did watch one that was newer, but most of the ones we watched were from the early days. Uh, 2010. Was the one we watched that was new. Yeah, that, I said I said newer. I didn't say new. I said newer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's for a reason, and it's not always The Simpsons' fault. Horror movies themselves haven't been as you know. I guess iconic would just be the yeah. word. Like, uh, people got more into, like, psychological thriller stuff and ensembles and less into, like, iconic villain Mm -hmm. creation. Don't get me wrong. They did split. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone look at that. Oh, God. I I mean, I appreciate that. I think it was Lisa doing the split. Yeah. But I I do not remember. Uh, Will I be watching them again? Yes. I do it every Halloween. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just sort of Black Mirror censor out the... Newer ones? Yeah. Sometimes you get a chuckle still, but it's definitely less of the grab bag it was in its height. I was talking to a friend that uh, brought up that part of the reason that Treehouse of Horror doesn't feel as special, in addition to the lack of source material to pull from, Treehouse of Horror used to be like the space to be really free and freaky with it and do zanier stuff. But uh, since The Simpsons been on on the air for like 30 some <laughs> years, they kind of had to do that for all the episodes. So now like some things that defy the laws of physics and other things like that. Not that Bart getting choked out ever... <laughs> ever followed any rules of reality but there is sort of a ripple of effect in place because of the tonal shift and really even the culture around the simpsons in general shifting and that makes treehouse of horror while still special it's still like an annual event it's not always as fun mm-hmm. and also for whatever reason a co- like a couple seasons ago they were like Let's do a Thanksgiving of horror, whatever. <laughs> Which is fine, but it acts like their Black Mirror parody in it was very fun. 
and it ended up outshining the entire episode that was actually Halloween themed for that season. So, I mean, that's too bad. It happens, you know. Um, I'm glad that they didn't throw away all their ideas that year, I guess, but we might as well just start with one. Yeah. Which wasn't the first season, it was the second season, which I think makes it a little confusing when we were trying to find stuff. Oh, yeah. The, the numbering isn't the best, but the first season was short-ish. Mm-hmm. So a lot of shows end up doing their Halloween stuff in the second season. I felt a good natural coming on point for my friend would be every English teacher's favorite episode. <laughs> the original Treehouse of Horror, which was just called The Simpsons Halloween Special. Uh Uh-huh. They're kind of used interchangeably, but Treehouse of Horror is just a little more iconic to say. Yeah. I mean, I I think they didn't really... The first one, they didn't know that it was going to be, like, uh, its own thing. I feel feel like that uh, is a fair statement to make, for Mm -hmm. sure. But they use the treehouse to, to like, tell the stories in the first one, so I think that that's fun. So it, like, sets the tone for later. For sure. Uh, So this first one was also a little more loose with some of its parodies. And I think that was really something that helped them out. Because they got to, they didn't have the other ones before them. And they had, uh, what the what was this, 90? This one was 90. 90. 1990. 1990. They have, you know, what? 50, 40 years of cinema to pull from or something? Yeah. And, and stories I mean, from even before then. So, like, I think it has a nice spread for the first episode. Oh, for sure. Because, you know, Bad Dream House is a parody of not just one thing, but, you know, it's two things. It's just a haunted house. So yeah, they, it, it parodies Poltergeist and Amity Horror. But, I mean, I think that even uh, that one had, like, a line in it that was obviously shining. Like, they were just, I think that that first bit was just trying to, like, lead us into what Simpsons would look like as horror, mm-hmm. which I think was cool. And then the the middle one was a Twilight Zone parody. And I looked at the Twilight Zone page and I think it's a pretty direct parody, but in its own Simpsons way. Yeah. So like, you know what I mean. Um, and, and then the Raven is simply the Raven. But narrated <laughs> by James Earl Jones. Oh, yeah. My favorite thing is on the Wikipedia, it says written by Sam Simon and Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> <laughs> This uh, episode was also before they did the gags with the names. So, like, Bat Gorning and all those other fun little plays. Mm-hmm. Little sp- spooky play on words. Yeah, those weren't in there yet. <clears throat> this was very... This was more st- structured mm-hmm. in that it was The Simpsons telling it. Yeah. Very much... Uh, I know you said said that this one actually takes place in the treehouse. Mm-hmm. And it's Bart and Lisa and Maggie. They're and Maggie. Just, they're just eating some candy and trying to scare each other over scary stories. But uh, the only person who ends up scared is Homer, who was eavesdropping on them. <laughs> Probably trying to steal some candy. That I love Homer. Mm-hmm. But that does sound like something Homer would do. Yeah, I don't remember there being like a clear line of like why he's out there. But I, I guess that's got to be the reason, right? <laughs> Steal some candy or um, Homer's a good dad. He just doesn't always know how to show it sometimes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of... This could have been an intricate ritual of him supervising <laughs> his children. <laughs> I I don't claim to understand Homer's parenting style. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the um, I think it's also in kind of cute to point out that the murder house episode. That's American Horror Story. That's not what this is. The the Haunted House episode was also very, uh, like, they designed it to look like the Addams Family. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just a good example of Marge as a character as well. Yeah. It's a it's a cute little time. And, I don't know. It's, it really harkens back to, like, the Tales from the Crypt and those little, like, horror comics from back in the day and I liked to see it and again I don't know how many of you folks had teachers that brought that out every Halloween as a treat for the class I feel like I I've seen it before and I guess it must have been school but I didn't really like like log that you know Mm -hmm. because I wasn't like a like I didn't grow up watching the Simpsons my parents don't my mom worked for Disney so we had Disney stuff in the house but like my dad doesn't like cartoons you know because cartoons are for children so like we just didn't watch simpsons if it was ever on tv it was passed over yes um my mom actually hated the simpsons oh Um, really i she liked treehouse of horror kind of Mm -hmm. because she likes halloween yeah so we had ended up in the possession of a treehouse of horror like grab bag dvd Mm -hmm. and then max and i would just watch it and then at the same time that that was happening. They also did. Um, they were really merchandising with video games and stuff. Yeah. So I just God. Kinda, there were a lot of Simpsons games. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah. We had Road Rage and Hit and Run for sure. And like I know I played skateboarding. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> uh, wrestling over at a friend's. But that also kind of helped get you into the Simpsons. And yeah. I got into them before the movie came out, but that also kind of cemented it. But mm-hmm. really, it was not to get off topic from the show, but allow me real quick. Oh, please, yeah. Uh, it was really Simpsons Hit and Run that really got me super into The Simpsons. It was such a little like Easter egg grab bag thing that you'd get a trading card or you'd hear a quote and you'd be like, where'd that come from? And it's then so you'd go funny because I thought that the game was pretty, not early into The Simpsons because I knew because that was like the the 90s and i think the game came out in like 2004 2001 yeah. i don't know it still had like 10 12 years to like grab stuff from but it was impressive to see how much detail is put into hit and run like mm-hmm. i mean i know that games are just different in different ways now but like the amount of like trading cards and easter eggs and like nods to the show and stuff is like really interesting to me i like yeah that. so that seventh level that's um, evergreen ter- terrace, but it's all Treehouse of Horror themed. Just such a delight. How it was so fun, and I don't know, it lives rent free in my head. I think about the costume you could put Homer in that makes his head a giant donut, <laughs> and if you just leave him there on idle, he'll just start picking at the donut and eating parts of himself. Oh, and it's cute! Just, I love that. It, yeah, it's a great <laughs> time if you have an emulator or. Uh, older console just lying around it's very fun if you like simpsons and i do like simpsons mm-hmm. syndication also helped they really they put that on early yeah when they syndicated it they syndicated it like at one point it came almost directly after like a kid's blocking so like yeah I mean, it, it is pretty kids-friendly. It's not like, I don't know. Like, it's not the family guy. 
Yeah, it's deal. interesting how how like an animation for adults has changed over time because like Simpsons is animation made for adults, but it is like kid friendly enough. Kid friendly enough, and um, at the core of it, like Bob's Burgers, they actually mm-hmm. like each other. Yeah, so it's way more tolerable to watch. Mm-hmm. Like there are actual moments where Bart's like a good brother, and it's it's fun to see. Yeah. So aside from the first one, we also watched three and four. No, we didn't watch four. We watched three, we five, watched three, five, six, and twenty-one. All Folks, right, we're still chugging <laughs> through this. All right, so let's go over three really quick, which you chose obviously because Child's Play. Yeah, I chose uh, Living Doll. Uh, well, the segment is parroting Living Living Doll and Child's Play. It is simply just a crusty that malfunctions and wants to kill Homer and only Homer. And it's great. Everyone's like, what are you talking about, Homer? And he's just like, this doll's gonna kill me! <laughs> and Marge is just like, oh, homie. <laughs> um, then there's King Homer, which is King Kong. Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> we getting like to a, see a tired, it. like, <laughs> one step up the building. I loved that. I was like, wow, yeah. King. How else can you do it? <laughs> and then the third segment was simply um, Dial Z for Zombies. It's a Night of the Living Dead. In- it- it's only interesting for me personally because they use Dial Blank for Blank like five times for different titles for uh, Treehouse of <laughs> Horrors. They're all different. That's so funny. Now I have to like look through and see. Oh, I'm not. Own. It's for real. <laughs> And only one of them is, like, an actual parody. Oh, of- I see another one that's, like, dial M for murder, press hashtag to return to the main menu. There you yeah. go. <laughs> I'm guessing that, you know, it, it doesn't matter. I guess it doesn't matter to them. No. Uh, they gotta... Not only do they recycle titles sometimes, but they've done Frankenstein at least twice. So yeah. you gotta do what you gotta do to stay fresh after 30-something years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one after that we watched was five, and that one had a parody of The Shining called The Shinning. because yeah, they couldn't get the rights to it. <laughs> there was also Time and Punishment, which was a parody of A Sound of Thunder by Ray Bradbury. Mm-hmm, which I didn't know anything about, so like I didn't know the references in that one, oh, but that's all right. Me either. I was just there for the <laughs> vibes. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, Nightmare Cafeteria was the third segment, and that was a parody of Soylent Green. Yeah. Um, interesting things to note for this episode. Uh, Marge still introduces it. Mm-hmm. That's a bit I forgot to mention, but for the first few seasons, Marge comes out and pleads with the audience. That Please don't let your kids watch Yeah, this. she's like, hey, look, if this is going to be scary. Maybe don't let your kids watch this one. I would prefer that than you write me letters. <laughs> And then, you know, blood normally splatters on the screen. Yeah. So this one has the, uh, this is my voice on TV bit, I think, which I I do a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just one of those that's very quote worthy. I think about, <laughs> I think about, oh, how I wish, I wish I hadn't sat on that fish a lot <laughs> from the one where time and punishment, because I'm, I don't want to say I assume everybody's not familiar with this one, but I also didn't read that Ray Bradbury story. Yeah. So it was very much 
he's accidentally creates a time traveling toaster and has to <laughs> has he goes back in time on accident he fucks something up and he just keeps having to do it he does it over and over and over again at one point his family's very rich and he goes there and the and he's like, oh, this is the best. Whereas my donut, Marge, and she's like, what's a donut? <laughs> and Homer's like, no! And then it starts raining donuts. So uh-huh. I like that one. This is a very good Homer sampler because it also has the uh, shining bit where he's trying to scare her and he accidentally looks in the mirror and he goes, oh! And he falls down the stairs. That was great. <laughs> um, oh, and there's the through. This is the one where Willie keeps popping up and being like, Oh, I got here just in time. I got to tell you something. And he gets stabbed in the back. That's also very <laughs> fun to me. Um, Nightmare Cafeteria, simply Soylent Green. Mm-hmm. If you like puns about eating children, this is the episode for you. Yeah. There's also the really fun, well, something always comes around to save us. And then Bill <laughs> yeah. House dies and he's like, well, something always comes to save us. Simpson children. Yeah. <laughs> this next one, though, um... Six was important for me to talk about because they have a couple. They were th- all three segments bangers. Um, mm-hmm. And notable in their formatting and stuff. Or like presentation. Mm-hmm. So one of them's in 3D. So six. Oh God, yeah. The Homer yeah. 3D one. Yeah. Incredible. I'm trying to remember the first one. The first one is Attack of the 50 Foot Eyesores and it's Attack of the 50 Foot Woman. But I don't, I don't know enough about Attack of the 50 Foot Woman to... Even, like, yeah, the large things attacking people. But Attack of the 50-Foot Eyesores is about uh, the sign-it. Oh, the that's ad- right. Sign- the, the advertisements. Ad- the advertisements. That was and, a really fun one. Yeah, and all the signage comes to life because Homer decided he needed Lard Lat's donut, as you do. And uh, they have to create a jingle to defeat the advertisements to make sure people don't look at it. And I just, I still as an adult find that so interesting and just what a fun way to like, in order to defeat an advertisement, you must forget about it. Yeah, by you putting have to a ignore new, it. Putting a new ad in there. <laughs> I do love that. And what we were talking about when we were watching it is like a lot of these are like notably like anti-capitalism mm-hmm. and it's just interesting compared to like some of the other stuff we see on TV. Now. Yeah. <laughs> but that one was really fun. Uh, the second one was Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace. Terrace, yeah, Terrace. Terrace, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then obviously Nightmare on Elm Street. I really liked their take on that one, which yeah. took away all of the nastiness of a Nightmare on Elm Street about you know. Yeah, it was kids. <laughs> but that's it was simply just the adults did not save this man from being on fire, and he's yeah. fucking pissed, and he's like, "Fine, I'm cursing your kids because you guys suck." Yep. I'm a big fan of also because it's got the origin that's dunking on the Freddy Krueger origin. Mm-hmm. And it's like it was the 13th day of the 13th month in the 13th, <laughs> 13th year. year. We were meeting to discuss the misprinted calendars. And that is just smart. Also, <laughs> so very, very beautiful. I don't even know if I caught it as a kid. I just was like obsessed with that yeah. in general because Freddy Krueger was there. Mm-hmm. But also I'm a big fan of how that one ends because um, the Simpson children all work together. Yeah. Maggie too. I love seeing Maggie get to be a part of things. Yeah. Is it Homer 3D or is it Homer cubed? I think it's supposed to be cubed because that's to the this, third power. Yeah, the third power, I thought. But it's but Homer it's 3D. Homer, yeah, Homer, I mean, he is in 3D. 
essentially. Um, it's parodying <laughs> a little girl lost a Twilight Zone segment, which was also based on another property. And uh, it all will also give you some Poltergeist vibes, but Poltergeist probably pulled the dimension thing. Actually, this episode of Twilight Zone Terror, Twilight Zone of Terror, this Free episode of Twilight Zone <laughs> that they're parodying is also featured at the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror in Orlando. Is it in Orlando, Florida? It's I'm in Orlando. Sorry. Yeah, it's in Orlando. It says uh, the area of the queue for the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror theme park attractions in California. Oh, so we don't have it anymore. California had it. Sorry. And Paris. I didn't know that Paris had one. <laughs> Hell yeah, Paris has it. Yeah. Um, they use subtle effects to simulate air currents coming out of a solid wall, as well as playing a subtle recording of the little girl's dialogue at intervals. In the exit of the Florida version of the attraction, there is an area of the wall outlined in chalk, exactly like the portal in the episode. Which is just like the episode we watched. Mm-hmm. Homer stumbles upon a portal in an effort to avoid seeing his relatives. He hides behind the bookcase. That's my favorite thing. Yeah, and he ends up in, he's like, I'll take my chances in going inside this wall. And he steps into this wall and he becomes a, I forget, was it, it was it his relatives or? It, it was, was Marge's sister. Yeah, it was Marge's sisters. Patty and Selma. Mm-hmm. You, if, you're, if you're caught up on Simpsons lore, you know how he feels about them. They were coming the les- over. The mean lesbian ants. Yeah. As I say. And they, <laughs> they were coming over to, uh. Well, they're Marge's sisters, the Bouvier sisters, in case you wanted to know. <laughs> um, they were coming over to make the kids shuck, shuck their, like, oysters. Yeah, or something. <laughs> something weird. So you don't blame Homer, but he ends up in there, and, and then you can hear him as, like, a disembodied voice, and he's like, <gasps> they're like, Homer, are you, where are you? And he's like, I don't know, I haven't been here before. And she's like, are you sure it's not the linen closet? <laughs> He's like, I'm pretty sure. And he has every right to be pretty sure because, again, he has stepped out of his anima- 2D animated self world. And now he's 3D. And he makes so many jokes about it. Yeah, what does it look like in there? I don't know. Have you seen Tron? And no one has seen Tron. Yeah, that's a great time. <laughs> I loved that bit. That was a great line. I like when he's, like, looking at all of it. He's go- And his head is, inner, like, an inner monologue about the beauties and of the universe and science and everything and it's just going on and on and on and then it goes down to his mouth and he goes holy macaroni yeah (laughs) but it's cute they send bart in there like poltergeist to try to pull him out the priest tells him to go into the light your basic stuff Mm -hmm. homer has uh, homer goes into a place and he usually destroys it yeah he creates a black hole situation here bart tries to save him he is unable to and then he just, like, becomes one with the universe, essentially. It's like, he's, like, voiceover. No, I remember he gets eaten up by the portal and he is put into our universe. Ah, uh, yes, some that's right. Technolo- some really he looks good spe- great, actually. The lighting. Yeah, the special effects on this 3D Homer that they have in our world at the end of this episode. So fun. And that's also when... Because <laughs> I think about this... Um, erotic cakes bit. It's simply <laughs> yeah. him. He simply just walks past an erotic cake shop while he's freaking out, and he's like, "Ooh, erotic cakes!" Yeah, and then that's the end that's of the, the episode. episode. <laughs> <laughs> he just went to go look at some tits. Yeah, but also, uh, 
94 something in 95 they weren't doing a lot of like cgi stuff so this was it looked really good like the lighting was yeah. good i mean it it's not it, it realistic but i don't want it to be no i don't want to see a hyper- i don't want to see a hyper realistic homer that's horrifying to me that's the real treehouse of horror every time somebody sends that photo set of the hyper realistic yeah. simpsons get that out of here i, I hate am, it i know there i know nobody's actually shaped this way don't show it to me in real life so anyways <laughs> yeah, so, so we skipped a, a lot ahead to 2010 and watched uh, 21. I do want to say, I think that part of the the reason why uh, new episodes feel different too is it used to be a collection of writers. Like, each bit had their own writer. Mm-hmm. And then they just started having one person do all three oh. for the episode. Yeah, if you look. Um, yeah. 2003 is the year that they just started having uh, someone write out the entire episode. All three parts. Bob, uh, the reason I saw it was I was like, Bill Odenkirk? <laughs> yeah, I think he's still kicking it as an executive producer on that. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. So, yeah, 2003, they started, like, uh, 13 and the 15th hmm. one, they started doing uh, single writers. Well, you can tell that doesn't help anything, and again... I think it's just, it, it, it's weird because you can't yeah. have all these, like, fun, the, like, what's fun about the older ones? I liked the newer one we watched, too, this to be fair. The newer one's a very... Um, but I like that there was sort of, like, different tones yeah. throughout the whole episode. For sure, you could tell that it was, there were a lot of different fingers in the kitchen for that, or whatever the expression is. But this is definitely, like, the, one of the strongest newer ones, in my opinion, and I it goes back to my theory that's part of the reason they aren't Nobody at me and say it's because I'm growing up. I preface <laughs> that. Part of the reason... You rewatch all these, like, every year. I do. It's not even, like, a nostalgia... Like, watching... It's not like you're only watching the old episodes for nostalgia. You watch the new ones, too. Yeah, I do. I check in on The Simpsons every season just to see what's going on. I am the one viewer. <laughs> and I'm not upset that they keep messing up the timeline now. I think that's funny because it makes nerds mad. Anyway, part of the reason this one works very well is because there was a very iconic piece of media they were able to parody. But it's also segment number three, so we better pick up... Let's start with one. Yeah, first one and Pieces, baby, which was loosely based on Jumanji. It, and it, I don't want it to be Jumanji, because I like that what it is is a world full of games. Yeah. Instead of just being like they're trapped in one game. I like that. I oh. like that you looked around and you saw Homer doing the shoots and ladders bit. That one really, that was great. <laughs> oh, I climbed all the way to the top. I guess I, I hope I stay up here for a while. <laughs> Woo! I'm on a high again, baby. I can never go down from... <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> Homer is just a great time. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's every sing. it's like a bunch of notable games that have just come to life because they touched like a Jumanji-esque game. Very, very cute. I like, I like the bit with the mousetrap where they're trying to catch it. Oh, they're like, oh my god, mousetrap never works. And I was like, yeah, I owned like three <laughs> different copies of that game and we kept having to use the one-year warranty to get a new one yep. because the pieces would break. And it was my favorite game as a child. <laughs> it, but it was just, there's something very funny to me about them having to kick the basket mm-hmm. multiple times. And so that's a good one. It was a really good um, ex- like example of 
them getting kind of fun with it. Yeah, imagining a new little world while still pulling from an idea. Yeah. Versus doing like a, a direct a direct parody. Because yeah. some of these are more direct. Yeah. I will say for this me- middle one, um, I've never seen Dead Calm. Dead Calm. Um, which it's based off of. So I don't know if it's, if it's close, I guess now I have another movie to add to my list. I probably will not be watching that <laughs> calm. Um, Master and Cadaver is just whatever for me. Yeah. It's just in between. It's in between two. Yeah. It's just simply in between like. two and Hugh Laurie's here. But uh-huh. every year I forget it's him. So I have to look it up. Who's this British guy? I'm like, eh, that one's not Tom Hiddleston. He's not. <laughs> he's on the Loki special. <laughs> it's whatever, you know. There's Homer goes a little cuckoo. She gets in a little fight. That was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, cover your ears, children. But if you're horny for Marge Simpson, <laughs> this segment's for this you. This one's for you. You this, saw that Playboy cover, yeah. Well, that, <laughs> this one featured because there's a lot of. A lot of, like, earlier Simpsons humor comes from, like, that Austin Powers brand where it's, like, they're holding something in front of the privates and stuff. So, yeah. a lot of it was, like, they got a shot of it and then you zoom, you, you know, pan out and it's, like, oh, he's helping her tie something. Dumb, like, dumb yeah. stuff like that. So. Uh-huh. But if you're horned up for Marge Simpson, let your imagination go wild. And I think now we talk about the most important segment on this episode. Oh, yeah. The reason I... The reason I was almost certain I was going to get this um, past pitch, because I was like, oh, well, you know, if May doesn't want to watch these with me, because they're classics, <laughs> then I think I got her by the balls by saying, uh, the third story in this Treehouse of Horror is called Tweenlight, and it is indeed a parody of Twilight. And even better, who voices Edmund? Uh, Robert Pattinson? No. No. Daniel Radcliffe. And I did say out loud, I think if they'd asked Robert Pattinson, he would have done it. But I love Daniel Radcliffe. I support him until I die. I'm glad it was him. Yeah. Um, Any British person would say yes to The Simpsons. From my understanding, Mm -hmm. they're all really obsessed with it. Um, I think it comes from... Just And this isn't even just specific to England. But I think all other countries really like The Simpsons because... Homer, fat dumb. Oh my god, he's the epitome of what other countries see of America, which is fair. Fair, and also- It's fair enough. I fucking love Homer. What was I just saying the other day? I think about that bit where he ends up on the automated fountains, like, three times a week. (laughs) And he ends up on these fucking automated fountains. And he ends up on the other side of them, and everyone's laughing at him, and he goes, Don't laugh at me. I was once like you. (laughs) I I can't help it. Homer is not the best TV dad. Obviously, that's Bob from Bob's Burgers. Yeah. But Homer is... But he loves his wife. He loves his wife. and He he loves his kids. Even though, you know, he's just tired from working. Yeah. He loves his kids. And I, again, the do it for her meme comes from that. (sighs) Anyway, speaking of being a good dad. Homer's in on this conflict. This mm-hmm. is a Homer and Lisa episode. Yeah. And those are very strong in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They have a cute relationship and it is not displayed as much as I'd like it for this one. But that's because they have to have more room for Edmund. Yeah. Who immediately uh, stops like 
10 cars from hitting her and like a bicycle and yeah, like it, it's <laughs> it just keeps coming yeah uh and then we find out that you know like she's like oh i'm gonna turn you into a vampire and his dad approves and then lisa's interested for a hot second because you know stay young forever learn do whatever you want and then she finds out she'll have to stay eight forever yeah. and nope not gonna do that who would absolutely so I do think it's good to note that Millhouse is in this segment uh, as the Jacob insert. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot about that for a second. Except he's like a little tiny poodle. Yeah. Well, they just barely pepper him in. That's, yeah. That's a good Millhouse episode. <laughs> it, but it's just really fun. Homer steps in to um, save the day because the bloodlust is too bad for the vampires and they both drink up on Homer, and then they get ill because his blood is so full of cholesterol. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we can tolerate uh, that much fat phobia in this household. Oh, yeah, I know. It's, it's It can be hard to stomach, but this one I was just like, oh, okay, like, where else are you going to go? We'll take it. Right? <laughs> we'll take it. It's funny for to me because, like, seeing him eat or something, that's just, like, relatable to yeah. me. Yeah. But seeing other people be kind of mean about his weight, then it's, like, Oh, yeah, exactly. I feel that. But, you know, again, he stole our lad's donut in another mm-hmm. episode, and I couldn't even get mad at him, even though it wasn't an actual donut. Yeah. It was just like, oh, that's iconic king behavior. <laughs> he loves his wife so much. I love Homer. Any last notes on uh, Treehouse of Horrors? Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do this year. I'm gonna guess they're gonna do a blind manor thing. If I had to guess one... Yeah, I don't know what else has come out. I don't know. It's They're kind of all over the place because it seems like they choose two things that are new and then something that's old. Yeah. And, and that's sort of what they've been doing. So like past year they had Spider-Verse into the Spider-Verse, a Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Which was fun. And Russian Doll, which are both new pieces. And then Toy Story, which is an old piece. Yeah. And you'll also notice they've stopped just picking horror things. They'll oh, take God. Anything. Any, anything that's relevant, I guess. Or anything somebody might know of. Because, like, yeah. Cat in the Hat. Yeah, I'm trying to see what uh, the first... Because Stay Tuned isn't really a horror movie. Stay Tuned was not a horror movie. Uh-uh. So I'm, I guess that's the first one where they started, like, not doing yeah. horror specifically. I, and that I was would... the 10th one. And yeah. then the next one had a Fantastic Four in it. So, like, from there on out, it was just like, whatever. It's whatever. and Harry also... Potter, whatever. <laughs> Well, Harry Potter's still magical themed, in my opinion. It's not just strictly, like, horror. They do, like, mysteries and science fiction and fantasy, which is fine and dandy. But those genres are also so loose and ill-defined in modern times that, you know. Yeah. Simpsons just works with what it has. It doesn't have a lot to work with because, again, also, there's, like, 40 billion superhero movies. I'm like, I don't know. I personally... Nova's not complaining. (laughs) But uh, I do see the creative landscape being fucked by it. Whoopsie. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, no, any final notes for me? Yes, actually. Yes. If anybody has any of the Burger King Simpsons Halloween toys from either of the times they did it, hit me up. (laughs) You you looking to buy? Uh, Buy. Trade. I have a a hardy She-Hulk 
in a pink convertible. That's a big ask for people. I don't know if that's just because She-Hulk's driving a car or if it's because they want it. But I'll also <laughs> do trades. <laughs> Good to know. All right. Um, since uh, both Nova and Franz are visiting right now temporarily, Franz, would you like to do the little sign-off for us today? Our little, our social media plug? Yeah? All right. Uh-huh, so that's where you can find us on Twitter. Uh-huh, it's the same, it's the same, it's the same on Instagram, Franz. You, you run the accounts. Uh-huh, yeah. I forget about the Instagram too, Franz. It's fine. And Franz, uh, do you want to talk about emails? You haven't gotten any emails? Can someone please email Franz? Hey, everyone. Uh, Franz is feeling a little bit self-conscious about this, but if someone could send an email, anyone, just just say subject Franz, hello. I think that that would make them feel a little bit better. Okay, Franz, you can have the mic back. Thank you. I, I think they should also check out your pics from your field trip. You looked great in them. Those were some really great picks. We had a really nice day out. Uh, sweetie, I must remind you how release schedules work, though, so they will have to go back to find them. No, it, yeah, it's okay. I also forget how social media works sometimes. All right. Well, not to cut you off, Franz, but we don't, we're going to run out of time soon. We're already at 40 minutes. You don't have to say that that's really easy for us to hit, Franz. We're trying to get along, and I don't like the energy you just brought into this space. Well, if you're still listening and you want to hear a story, a campfire story, um, we'll have, I'll start that off in a minute. But uh, for those who do want to just call out early, Nova, stay strange, and we'll see you on the other side. Based off of the first episode that we watched, and we are going to be reading The Raven, just like in high school. So uh, pull pull up a chair. Make sure you have a notebook out to take notes. There will be a pop quiz on this later. Let's do this, bad boy. Franz, are you going to behave yourself? All right. The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as if someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. "'Tis some visitor,' I muttered, tapping at my chamber door, only this and nothing more. Ah, distinctly, I remember it was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor." Eagerly I wished the morrow, vainly I had sought to borrow, from my books surcease of sorrow, sorrow for the lost Lenore, for the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore, nameless here forevermore. And the silken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before, so that now to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating, "'Tis some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door, "'some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door, "'that is it and nothing more. 
Presently, my soul grew stronger, hesitating then no longer. Sir, said I, or madam, truly your forgiveness I implore. But the fact is I was napping, and so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door, that I scarce was sure I heard you. Here I opened wide the door. Darkness here, and nothing more. Deep into that darkness peering, long I stood there wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before. But the silence was unbroken, and the stillness gave no token, and the only word there spoken was the whispered word, Lenore. This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word Lenore, merely this and nothing more. Back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning, soon again I heard a tapping somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is something at my window lattice, let me see then what thereat is, and this mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment, and this mystery explore, tis the wind and nothing more. Open here I flung the shutter, and when, with many a flirt and flutter, in there stepped a stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obeisance made he, not a minute stopped or stayed he, but with mien of lord or lady, perched above my chamber door, perched upon a bust of palace, just above my chamber door, perched and sat, and nothing more. Then this ebony bird beguiling my sad fancy into smiling, by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore. Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, thou, I said, art sure no craven, ghastly grim and ancient raven, wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me what thy lordly name is on the night's Plutonian shore. Quoth the raven, Eat my shorts!